Have you ever heard of the dancing plague of 1518? I know, neither have I, but that's what we do this segment for at this hour of the morning. It's so we can learn about great events, a lot of historical ones that we didn't know anything about. So I'm going to turn to our guest. It's Dr. John Waller, Associate Professor of the History of Medicine at Michigan State University and author of a book called A Time to Dance, A Time to Die. He wrote about this. Dr. Waller, thanks for being here. My pleasure. How did you even uncover this story? What was the dancing plague of 1518? Yeah, I came across a brief description of this bizarre event back in the early 2000s, where I was doing some teaching on the history of mental illness. And this, this brief reference piqued my interest, but I strongly suspected that it was not true. So I, I read about uh, an outbreak of dancing that involved hundreds of people in what is now the French city of Strasbourg, that an unknown number of people died, and then it just went away. So that sounded pretty, pretty, pretty improbable to me. So I decided to look into it in a bit more detail. And there was a time, oh, a century and a half ago, when people were actually writing about this, but it had been largely forgotten. And I was so intrigued by trying to explain what had happened that I decided to write a book on it. And the first thing, of course, was establishing um, to my own satisfaction that this was true. And before long, I became absolutely convinced it had happened, largely because the documentary evidence is so good that we actually we even have um, notes written by the city council describing it happening uh, on a day-to-day basis. So there's no question that this dancing mania, this plague actually happened. Okay, so what was going on? Well, it probably helps if I give a, a very quick outline of the events. It seems that it began with one lone woman dancing somewhere around the middle of July in 1518. And initially, the, the, the chronicles and a few uh, um, eyewitnesses said that they thought it was a joke. They thought, in fact, that she might just be trying to wind up her husband. But then she kept dancing all through that day. Then she would collapse and she got up and she started again the next day. She was in pain. She clearly didn't want to be dancing. And eventually they bundle her into a cart and take her to a nearby shrine. But by the time she returns, if if, if she ever did, there were about 20 or 30 more people who had been consumed by this urge to dance. Over the course of the following couple of months, around about four or more hundred people had at one point or another been pulled into this mass dance. And there were some extraordinary details. One of them is that the city authorities thought it would help for them to take the dancers, put them in very public places, including a dance, a, a, a stage that they built in the center of the city and had them dance there. And they then paid for musicians and healthy dancers to keep them moving. So you've got this absolutely bizarre spectacle going on for a week, maybe two weeks, of hundreds of people dancing in the full glare of the city. Okay, it sounds so absolutely bizarre. It sounds absolutely bizarre the way you describe it, Dr. Waller. <laughs> so do we, did we ever find out like what was going on? Why were these people doing it? Yes, I think it's interesting the way it came to an end. So after a, maybe a couple of weeks of this very, very public spectacle, the city authorities got together and said, this clearly isn't working because more and more people were, be, were, were being sucked into this behavior. 
And so eventually they take them on carts to a shrine, which is located about 40 miles away from Strasbourg. There they put red shoes on their feet, bless them, had them walk around a shrine dedicated to a saint in circles, and then the chronicles say they recovered. So (laughs) there are just layers and layers of mystery to this event. But one of the main theories that had been floated in the in the 19th century was that they were suffering from ergotism, that these people had eaten rye, um, rye bread with flour that had been um, infected with um, a mold that is basically like LSD, but it causes um, a, a, a tightening of the blood vessels, but also hallucinations and deep depression. And that was that. I thought that was pretty persuasive at first, but that, then I looked at, uh, into ergotism rather more, and it's quite clear that although it's a terrifying thing to suffer from, and people in that area did sometimes um, suffer from ergotism, there's no way that you could dance for days um, um, with, with, with this kind of affliction. And the chronicles are very clear on this. People were on their feet for days and days, and they would maybe collapse and sleep for a while, Maybe somebody would force some water and food into their mouths. But this was a long, demanding, involuntary dance. Okay, and so when it was all done so, and it was all over with, did people just, like, forget about it and move on? Who knows? Once they started to recover, the, the chroniclers lost interest in them. So we don't know how many people were traumatized. But we, we do know, this is quite clear, that people died. And it's not surprising that this was a famously hot summer in Strasbourg. These people are being forced to stay on their feet, sorry, to stay on their feet um, in the city, dancing and dancing and dancing. So those with poor circulation, um, weak hearts, um, some of them were inevitably going to die. So you've also got um, the, the grief that followed. But in terms of explaining what happened, I think there are two important things to be aware of. The first is that this year, that these years were really difficult times to be alive. I think we all know that if you're going to have your choice of when to live, you're probably not going to choose um, late medieval Europe. However, even by the standards of the day, these were terrible, terrible years. There were new diseases like syphilis, which were tearing through the city, uh, repeated harvest failures, uh, people were starving. The orphanage was full. So very, very high levels of psychological distress. And we know that that makes people more susceptible to outlandish beliefs. But for me, the real breakthrough was learning that in this particular part of Europe, there was a belief that a, that a saint called St. Vitus could curse you with a compulsion to dance. So they imagined this saint would stalk the world looking for sinners um, whom he would then curse. And what I think happened is that these people were in such a state of distress, they became convinced that God had abandoned them. And then they saw some started to imagine that St. Vitus had cursed them in punishment. Now, lots of people have studied um, religious ceremonies in which people fall into trances and then they act according to that religion. That's what I think happened here. In their distress, these beliefs that they had always held started to become very, very persuasive. As so they fell into the trance, and then they started to dance uh, according to their beliefs. And then, of course, 
given that people were dancing, hundreds of them in the centre of the city, anybody walking by who felt that maybe they had sinned, maybe they were being punished, they were then ripe to fall into the trance themselves and dance like everybody else. Right. Oh, what it's, it's really interesting, I guess, lesson in kind of crowd behavior, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This is very much what, what used to be called mass hysteria, uh, what psychologists yes. tend now to refer to as mass psychogenic illness. But there's a clear contagiousness to what was happening. So fascinating. Thank you so much for your time on that. My pleasure. It's wild, right? That's Dr. John Waller, Associate Professor of the History of Medicine at Michigan State University and author of a book about this dancing plague. It's called A Time to Dance, A Time to Die. But going back through history and finding examples of this mass hysteria situation, just, yeah, as I said, fascinating.